Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. We're in our journey series and we just really feel like it's important to talk about discipleship and what it means to us. And I want to just spend a little bit of time focusing around the title of Enjoy the Climb, but let's just start with the scripture first. Numbers 21, 4 through 9. In the scriptures, the word of the Lord says, and they journey. That's what we're doing, a journey of a disciple. Amen. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of why? Because of the way that they took. They didn't like the way that God had taken them. How many have ever been there before? You didn't like the way you were you were on, the way that you had been sent by the Lord and the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? What a question. If there ever was a loaded question, there's one. For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth, loatheth or does not like, hates this light bread. They had light bread. That's all they had. And the next verse says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Wow, that's harsh. Why would God do something so harsh off of their murmuring? I hope I can help you understand that today. Therefore the people came to, and I can't read the rest of that because it's in the white, to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Notice that anytime you speak against the Lord, you also speak against your authority. You can't hate God and not hate his man as well. <laughs> it's very difficult. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Next verse, please. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Interesting passage of Scripture. But I want to talk to you about enjoying the climb, and sometimes the climb is not easy. Sometimes the way is hard. Amen? But I want to help you to get a better outlook that determines your outcome. Amen? Let's pray today. Jesus, we're asking you to give us a strength for the struggle, a climb to go toward the goals that you've put in our life and that we're reaching for, that we know that you're in control of, God. We ask you to help us today as we put all eyes on you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you, worship team, and thank you, Brother Dean. Awesome job. Hallelujah. The Bible says where, is, where there is no vision, 
the people perish. So where you place your eyes has a lot to do with how things are going to turn out in your life. And so when you're climbing, I don't know if you've ever been on a trail or ever been climbing, but you have to first fix your vision on your goal, okay? So we're going to go back to the binoculars this week. I'm going to unpack those, and we'll just put those right here for a visual, okay? Because this is the most important thing in your backpack other than survival skills. If you're not climbing toward a goal, if you have nothing that you have set toward, set yourself out toward, then you are going to accomplish exactly what you have desired or what you've set your eyes on. Nothing. I mean, if you, if you don't know me, you know that I grew up in the mountains. And before you climb a mountain, you have to figure out the ridge or the place that you're going to go. Because when you get into the trees and when you get on the trail, it doesn't always look like it's going the place where you plan to go. It can get rough. It can get hard. It can get winding. And it can get difficult. And those times whenever you're on the path, you know that this path is supposed to lead to that outlook. And you know that this path is supposed to lead to that point. But it doesn't look like it's going there sometimes. Anybody ever been there? I'm using a metaphor right now to talk about your life. You had some goals. You had some dreams. You had some aspirations. You got out the monoculars in life and said, when I'm 40, I want life to look like this. Or when I'm 30, I want to have this goal accomplished. Or when I'm 25, I want to be out of this college or I want to be through this task or have this kind of job, paying this amount of money, you know, buying this kind of house. But now you're sitting there and you seem like the, it just seems like the trail kind of winded its way off the beaten path. And now you don't know if you're ever going to get to that goal. I come to tell you, as a man who seemed to be wandering many of the years of my life, God was always the guide and God was always in control. And I'm where I'm at right now, where I wanted to be right now. I'm there right now, but I didn't get there because I thought I was going the right direction. I got there because I was going the right way with the right person. I had Jesus Christ in my life, and he was guiding me. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. And so my eyes were on him, and he got me to the right destination. So you got to fix your focus, amen? And you got to fix your focus on the Lord. He has to be your first and your best. He has to be your first response and your best response to everything. I know that there are great examples in the scripture, but I wanted to use this obscure example to let you understand that sometimes life can bite you, amen? You are looking for answers. You're looking to accomplish your goals. You're looking to get somewhere. And sometimes along the way, an adder gets on the trail and it can bite you, amen? And he can set you in a place where you didn't think you would be. The enemy can attack your soul. The enemy can attack your lifestyle. He can attack some things and, and, and cause trouble. But maybe it, it's been for you the, the, the different choices that you've made. Because whether we like it or not, our choices have choices. Amen? If you choose yes to this, you've said no to something else. And your choices come with consequences. And maybe... You've uh, set out on a goal, but now you're dealing with some consequences of some choices that you made. I have good news here today. There's salvation for whatever, from whatever bit you. 
Amen. Even in the Old Testament, when it doesn't seem like there's much going on and the people began to murmur against God, he talks, they talk to Moses. They come to him and say, look, we're sorry. And Moses said, I'll go to the Lord. And God offers them salvation. But there's several things that happen along the way in that process. And I just want to hit those and hopefully they help you today in your understanding of your own journey toward God and in discipleship and discipling yourself. Everything that is good takes discipline. Amen? And if we turn our eyes to where our help comes from, He will help us. Unfortunately, flesh can't get you there. Amen? You've got to have a move of God in your life. You've got to have a directive force that's bigger than yourself because you can't see all the turns that are coming up. You can't see all the things that will come into your life. You might have expected one thing and things have turned out another, but I want you to know that you cannot trust the arm of your flesh. You cannot trust your logic and your abilities and your talents because flesh only breeds carnality. And carnality breeds contempt. Amen, somebody. And you will end your life a bitter old person sitting in a wheelchair at a nursing home cursing the God who you once served because I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And the, the older person that lived for God and let the Spirit of God guide them and lead them through all the troubles and the difficulties and the things they never thought they would have happen in their life if they just kept their hand in the hand of the Lord. God guided them through it and they in their old age had such a sweet spirit about them. They weren't cursing the heavens. They weren't cursing their life. They weren't cursing the things that all happened throughout life. But instead, they sat there and like T.F. Tinney, who just passed away, said in his last words, the strength, the presence of the Lord was my continual strength. You will die a sweet spirited woman or man. You will die a person who knows what it is to reach for things. You will never quite take hold of, but you'll still be striving for something, driving at something, reaching for something in God. You'll still be wanting more even when you can't go anymore. And that is how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live wanting more of everything in our life that's good from God. We're supposed to live with an eternal mindset where this time and this frame cannot keep me from what God has destined me to do and where I'm going is bigger than who I am and I need God in my life to get there I cannot make it without him I don't want to be a remedial Christian I want to be a man or woman of God who stands and says I wouldn't have got here on my own and that's why I give him all the glory and I give him all the praise amen somebody you can be bitten and not be broken amen someone but unfortunately, some of us have a pathology. Just hear me, even if it's not you. This may not be the part for you of the sermon. But unfortunately, some people have a pathology of murmuring. Ever met a person like that? No matter what comes their way, no matter the blessing, they still just can't be happy. Ever had somebody like that? You can put them in the Taj Mahal and they'll still complain. They'll be like, you know, when I lived in my other house, the water got warmer so much faster. Takes so long for the water to get warm in this big place. It doesn't matter what it is. They'll find something to complain about. Some people have a pathology of murmuring. And what shocked me about the story that we read is, is the fact that I can't get my mind around that human nature of how could it be possible that a people could be angry with God after all he had done for them. 
How could they walk by? It even says they were by the Red Sea. How could they walk by their miracle and be angry with God? How is that possible? Somehow within the human being, there is the capability to have something that God does for you that's miraculous and that you dance over and that you worship over. But then in days to come and struggles on the trail and path of life, the dancing turns to doubting. How is it possible that you can once dance to a God of worship in worship and then you doubt even the man that's leading you and has the voice from God. How do you stand by the sea of deliverance where Miriam grabbed a tambourine and danced and worshiped God and sang the horse and the rider as he thrown into the sea? How, how do you go from 600 choice chariots and Pharaoh himself being taken out by the sea you're standing in front of and then hating and angry at God over the place and the way that he's taking you? Just the way. The way that they were taking was hard enough that they doubted the God they once danced to. And it requires, I think, the question, why? Because the way was tough. Anybody been on a tough way before? Anybody have something come against your body? You know, it would be easy for me if we could choose our way. I could get that right, amen? I could be like, okay, we're going to lock this out. We're going to do this. We're going to get all this right. I'd love it if we could choose our own way, but we don't get to choose our own way. We don't get to choose the cross we carry. Jesus just said, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross. I don't want that cross. I want a blue cross. I want a, I want a, pink, I want a purple cross. Purple's in season. I want a purple cross. You can't choose the cross you carry. You just have to take it up, put it on your back, and walk toward the same thing that Jesus did where you die out to your flesh and you die out to yourself and you live a life of resurrection in him. There's no way that we can choose what comes against us. We can't even choose the sickness that comes to our body or the pain and the suffering that we have to go through, but we can choose what we put our eyes on. Wherever you fix your focus, that is what's going to guide you. And if you put your eyes on Jesus, you will enjoy every bit of the climb in life. It doesn't matter how hard it is to put one foot in front of the other. God will help you get there. God will help you get there. If we look to the hills from whence cometh our help, our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He made the heavens and the earth. You think he can't help you? He spun the earth and it's still spinning. He set stars in place and the Bible only gives it about five words. He made the stars also. Have you ever studied the stars? The intricate, most amazing things that you could ever put your mind around is in our galaxies and he says, oh, uh, I made the stars also because I'm so bad to the bone. I'm just that good. I don't even have to talk about the stuff I do good. That's what I love about God. He doesn't even have to brag. He's like, just look at my works. <laughs> 
And you know I can take care of you. I can get you there. That's what I need for everyone in here to do is just have an understanding that God has done a miracle for you somewhere that can keep you. And if he is going to create heaven and earth as the anchor point for why he can get you through what you're going through, if he says, if you look to me because I made heaven and earth, I can help you. I got what you need. I know how to get you through this. I can build those relationships back. I can restore whatever's fallen apart. I can put blocks in and I can build walls where you had thought that they had been crumbled down. I can put everything back together. And I want you to know that if your eyes are on the Lord, you can enjoy the climb because we're all going somewhere, amen? We all need to be headed in a direction. We all need to have a goal in mind that God wants to get us to. I want to disciple 10 people by 29. I want to do things that I don't even have human strength for. But I believe God can help me if my goals are in him. I believe he can take me there. And I may not be there yet, but while I'm here, while I'm on the way, while I'm on a tough trail, I can worship the Lord and I can dance and I can say, this place is good because the one that's with me is good and he can get me there. Amen, somebody. He wants you to enjoy the journey. And enjoy the climb, even though it's rigorous and difficult. So he says, I made heaven and earth. Just put your eyes on me. This same God in Genesis who formed the earth and then separated things in day and evening, morning and night. And he said, and it was good on the first day. He says, good on the second day. There's still mud, still stuff not done. But God said, it's good anyways. We have to take an example from that, from our God, and say even though you're not there yet, even though you still have things you wish were fixed and solved and resolved, guess what? You need to take a minute and just be grateful for where God has gotten you. Be grateful that you're here and that he is touching you in his presence, and you can go ahead and give him a praise anyways because he's good right now anyways. He's good during the climb. Amen. Some people, they just they just can't be happy. And I don't know if that's just nature or nurture. I don't know if that's necessarily just the fact that it comes from family. Maybe you grew up with somebody and you didn't even like it, but they were never happy. No matter what you were, what you did, how much you tried for them. I mean, you, you, you tried your best, did everything you could, and they're like, hey, you got a spot on your jacket. <laughs> I've done everything for you. I've done everything to make it right. I've done everything I know to do, and they're still not happy. Anybody know somebody like this? Stop making your love so tough, folks. Some people wear out because they're just not able to give you everything you want because you just won't be happy anyways. There's people like that, and that is what's going on here in the Scripture. There are folks that are simply pathological murmurs. Look at what they're doing. They're complaining against God and complaining against Moses. But this isn't the first time that they murmured. They murmured in Egypt. And I can understand murmuring under a Pharaoh that is a, that, that is a death monger. I can understand murdering, you know, a murdering Pharaoh that you, you, you murmured and you wanted God to bring you out. And he didn't give you straw to make brick. And he worked you. You were slaves for heaven's sake under Pharaoh, and that same murmuring that was taken to the right source. Hello, somebody. 
got them their deliverance. You don't need to be putting your complaining on Facebook. You don't need to be putting your complaining out there for somebody else to see. You don't need to call up somebody that is flesh and cannot help you. You need to take your complaints to the Lord. God didn't say you can't complain. He said make sure you take your complaint to the right location. In one place they complained and serpents bit them and died. In another location they murmured and got answered and delivered. It's all in where you take your complaint to. Amen, somebody. If you take it to the Lord in prayer, he will give you strength to not need to put it on Facebook. (laughs) To not need to tell the whole world that never goes away, by the way. And you hit sand, it's forever on the web. Please stop doing that foolishness. It's not good for you or your family. Someone needs to have a prayer life, a God to take it to. That's what you need. When I see people post stuff, I just pop popcorn. I get the Facebook, move it over on the big monitor, and I just sit there and I just start eating because it's entertaining. That's all I can say. It's just entertaining because I can't change anybody and I just wish that people would understand that when you complain to the wrong source there are consequences amen so they're murmuring but with a pathological condition like that they ended up taking it into the wilderness and then they began to murmur against Moses and God and God bit them because God is a speaking God And when you speak against God, you're speaking against a God that when he says any word, all his authority goes with that word. He attaches all his authority to anything he says. That's why you can have God say something, and the second he says it, you can worship him for it because it has to be done when he says it. That's why you want a speaking God in your life. That's why you want a spiritual life, amen? That's why you want to stay prayed up, amen, somebody? Because anytime God says it, even if you're not experiencing yet, even if you haven't got to the top of the mountain yet, if God said you're going there, you're already there in his mind. In the mind of God, you've already gotten there. You just have to live out the revelation, amen? And so in creation, God says it's good, and we need to stop and take breaks and say, God... Forgive me for complaining. Ever hear somebody say, I'm just keeping it real? (laughs) Ever hear somebody say that? I'm just keeping it real. Tear into somebody, go rage and spit off a few sentences that you never, by the way, get back. Words can hurt. And so I'm asking you to be careful what you say because God says every idle word is going to be judged. Every single thing we say because he's a God who speaks and what we speak is important. He's used the tongue as a location of creation. He says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if you say all the time, we're never going to get this. We're never going to make enough money. We're never going to amount to having that goal. We're never going to get that car. We're never going to get that house. We're never going to get the opportunity. And I'm not saying name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Please forgive the older generation of preacher that sold that stuff to the church that said, if you just have enough faith to say it, you'll get that car and it'll be in your driveway when you get home. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you claim the car. I'm saying that you claim the finances to pay for the car. I say you claim the things that God wants in your life. Not claim the house, but claim the the power and the, the ability to earn to be in that house. Amen? That's what I'm saying, that God can give you 
what it takes. But how many have not spoken life but have spoken death? I'd say that at least 50% of the things that trouble you in your life are because of something you said. I say that with a smile. <laughs> Our mouth gets us in so much trouble. I've seen marriages. I've been counseling long enough and, and helping people long enough as a pastor that I found out that we can, shoot, we can shout and dance over a God that changes things. But the second you ask somebody to change themselves, oh, no, that's going to be too difficult. That's a trail I'm not sure I want to climb. We have to be willing to not only say God can change things, but we have to be willing to say God change me so that the change can happen. Amen, somebody. I'm afraid that so many people that understand the word of God and the power of God's word don't understand the power of their word. Don't understand that we're creating the image of God and, and God can bring people into your life to bless you and with your own mouth you can destroy that relationship and what God meant to bless you can become a curse in your life. I'm just preaching truth here. I know it's not easy to swallow but I've got to talk about the hard stuff too. Some of us are snared by our mouth. I mean some of us literally we're giving the enemy something to work with by what we say and if we would just shut up <laughs> I mean, that's not even an easy word to say. Just close your mouth. I believe right now that God has something for you that he's going to put you into. He's going to take you into a new dimension and a greater place that he's going to set you down in, and you're going to know that it's a blessing of God that you're there, a greater blessing of fire. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me prophesy. I feel God's going to give you a financial blessing. He's going to give you a greater job opportunity, or he's going to put you in a greater position in your job, and God's going to want you to close your mouth. He's going to give it to you, but he's not going to want you to talk. He's going to want you just to praise him, to take any complaints to him, and just worship him. And when you get in the situation, just say, I got nothing to say. It's all right. I'm just going to keep on working. I'm just going to take my position. I'm just going to do what God calls me to do. And if you close your mouth, God will do the miracle, and he will get all the glory for it. He will get all the glory for it. You can't say, well, I talked myself into that sale. I talked myself into that great thing. I talked myself out of this. You can just trust God that he's going to do it. I believe that over somebody right now. God wants to put you in a place that will require you to say nothing. But he'll do all of it for you. Amen. Amen, somebody. How, some, some of the family you want to win right now, you need to just close your mouth. And walk it out in front of them. And they will be restored just by you continuing to climb toward God. When they see you hit that first knoll and say, wow, you should see the view of what God's doing in my life from this location. I still got more to climb, but you should see this first clearing of the trees. You should see what I see from here. When I used to run mountains, we'd get up to that first knoll, and we'd stop, and we'd be tired, and there's so much more of the mountain to climb, but we'd stop, and we'd enjoy the view. How many times have you been in a place where you're climbing toward a goal, and you just keep climbing and keep grinding? And that's the message of the world. Get your grind on. Just keep grinding and 
grinding. You need to stop every once in a while. Turn around away from the climb and look back and say, look where God brought me from. Look at what I have done, not through my strength, but because he helped me to get here. Look at the beautiful things he's doing in my kids, in my home, in my life, in my family. Look at the wonderful things he's doing in Jordan's new job. Look at the amazing stuff. Who would have thought Jordan could get a job like that? But he's got one. All because of a praying mama said, you know what? I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I'm just going to keep climbing. Amen. I don't mean to put you on the spot. But she buried Patrick, and she just kept on climbing. She just kept on loving the Lord. And maybe you would have done it different. I don't know. Maybe you would have done it different. But guess what? Each one of us are on our trail And God knows where to take us. Amen? Some of you have greater capacity than I do. Some of you, I have greater capacity than you do. But what's hard for me, it may not be hard for you, but what's hard for you may not be hard for me. It doesn't matter. Each of us have to do what God put in front of us and climb what God put in front of us. We need success in the Savior. Amen? Amen, somebody. You are called to win. You're called to win because we serve a winner. Amen? And so there's two groups of people. I'll quickly go through this. The devil wants to bite you and have you die. That's what he wants. He wants to take something in your life and bite you with it. And I want to know if there's anybody here that believes that you can be bitten and not be beaten. Anybody here know that? Amen. So there's two groups of people. The people that were bit and died in the wilderness, the same God that rescued them, the same God that did all these things, had a problem with them doubting him. And I believe that God wants to give us the second group of people that we want to be the victorious ones, amen? Not the people that are bitten and die in the wilderness. That's, that's so hard. As a pastor, I know there are some people, no matter how much I try to help them or try to pastor them, they're just going to do their own thing. They're just going to keep on talking and saying the same things over and over, living the same old cycles. But guess what? There's another group of people that were bitten, but yet were healed, amen? The people that got out of those bad cycles, the people that grew out of that, the people that educated themselves beyond where their family used to be and now they live on a different level and they don't go back to the stuff that they used to walk into. They don't go back to the same bars they used to go to. They don't go back to the same drugs and I was talking with some friends because I have to travel with some while I'm working. (laughs) I mean and I was trying to do a church conference call with Brother Jens And so we get out to eat dinner as a crew, and we're just sitting there, and then they start talking. And I'm like, I'm thinking this is a way to go I've made my choices, amen? I literally can't make the choice to go get high. Yeah, I can pursue it if I want, but I'm seriously not going to waste my time. 
because I don't have the time. All of my choices are helping me to live for God. All of my friends don't do it. They all live for God. So if I call somebody and say, hey, do you know how I can get wet? Hey, do you know how I can get some nose candy? Hey, do you know where I can get this stuff? They'd be like, what is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't live in that culture and I don't live in that world. Why? Because all of my choices have been to keep climbing and to keep going and to keep serving God. I'm not going back where I used to be. I'm not going back to things that led me down the wrong path. I'm on the path that God gave for me and my choices have gotten me here. And now my choices make their own decisions. When people try to say we should do this, I'm like, nah, bro. That's just retarded. That's dumb. I, I shouldn't use that word. I'm trying not to. That's crazy. And so forgive me, but I feel like somebody in here needs to give God a vital praise while you're going through some things. Amen? To just let the heaven, heaven and hell know I'm still alive. My choices might not be so great, and my choices might be great. Depends on where you're at. But as long as you still have breath in your body, you still have a praise and a chance to step off the trail you're on and get on the path that God wants for you. Amen? Amen. I remember the story of the girl in Mexico that got caught under the, the earthquake. Do you remember the story? She got buried in the earthquake, and they were the search and rescue was looking for, for people, and she just kept yelling, I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm in here. I'm alive. And they found her because she wouldn't stop saying, I'm alive. And I wonder if there's some people in here that maybe you have been bitten. Maybe you have even had swelling and bleeding. And you've had all these things happen to you in life. And it feels like maybe God has turned his back on you. But you kept climbing. And you kept saying, I'm alive. I'm going to get to this place. And I'm going to get to where I'm going. And guess what? God will find you in a praise that he doesn't even, that you don't even understand. I've lifted my hands when I didn't feel like it. I've worshipped God in places of brokenness. And guess what? God's always there, right beside me. And I've told heaven sometimes, you made a great mistake. You should have taken me out when you could. Because now I'm still alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. And I'm here. Everything that was shaken, everything that could be shaken, was shaken. But I'm still standing in Jesus Christ. I'm still climbing. So the brazen serpent was the answer. Kind of strange that the only place in Scripture, hear me carefully, where a serpent healed someone bitten by a serpent was in this story. Usually a serpent is a sign of a curse because it was in the garden. But God said, I'm going to heal them with the same thing that bit them. Sometimes the very place where you struggle the greatest is where God will heal you and send you back to to heal somebody else. Used... Abused, maybe, but God will use what came against you to bless somebody else. He'll use what came against you to bless you, amen? You'll be like, it was, it was meant for evil, but God meant it for good, amen? You can literally say, if it was, you can literally say something that I can't quite understand totally whenever I'm in it, but I can understand it after the fact when God has done all the work and I see the rewards. I can say, it was good for me that I was afflicted. Have you ever been there? You're in affliction. You can't say that. You can't go and say, hey, but hindsight's twenty twenty. When you look back and see how God had helped you, you can say it was good that I was afflicted because God used it for his glory. Amen, somebody. Would you stand with me today? The only thing 
he needs from you today. The only thing he needs from you is to change the way you see it, to change the way you look at things, to change your outlook, and to change the way you continue to climb. I wonder if there's somebody that needs to stop at a vista today and just say, look what the Lord has done. I've been climbing so hard. I've been trying. I've been going. Or maybe you have looked at the mountain and said, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to climb. That's too much work. Can I finish with a personal story real fast? When we first started this church, Daniel, appreciate this. We loaded and unloaded in a trailer for the gear for the music department. And we would go places, you know, obviously we, we, were trying to, we were trying to grow the church. And we started in one hotel, and then it didn't go so well because that hotel was having, like, dances and stuff the night before. So then their crew would sleep in and not show up to put the chairs out for us. And so we had this problem with having to call the hotel and say, hey, you know, we're not, they're not ready for us for the service. And so they're like... Slowly, the favor of the Lord went away, and then we found this open door at the Marriott, and we got this this trailer donated to us where we can load everything in and out of the trailer. It was like when I show people pictures, we 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 welded the ability for the trailer to hook onto the back of my little Daewoo, little foreign vehicle. I mean, the car probably was this big and about to Sarah. I mean, this tiny little car basically was like a Geo Metro with a hitch on the back. It was the ugliest looking thing you ever saw in your life. But man, I, geeked, I, I, I put a hitch on that thing and the hitch wasn't even strong enough to carry the trailer more than the parking lot. So we had to ask him if we could put the trailer in the back of the parking lot because the car could only handle the weight of the trailer from the back to the side. And I've got a picture of this Daewoo hooked to this big old trailer. The trailer's bigger than the car. And when I show people that picture, they're like, dear Lord, that's horrible. That's just, why would you even do that? Why would you try to start a church? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And it looks worse than it was in my heart because I was just thankful that the Lord would use me for anything, that God would use me for something. You too, thankful that God would use you in any way. And so we hooked up the trailer week in and week. Some weeks, the, the car wouldn't even do it. Like the trailer hitch like started to bend down. So we started pushing the trailer to where we had to unload it. It had one of those wheels on the front where you put the wheel down and lift the trailer off the hitch. We just used the wheel that was there. We broke one of the wheels off and had to put a new wheel on it. We wore that thing out. But we would get four guys, and we would push it around. Here comes the trailer all by itself, and just coming around the corner. No, the hitch sticking out, nobody watching it, and all the guys are behind it just pushing it. So all you see is this trailer coming towards you. With no car, we don't know what's going on. And we would unload and load in and load out, and people were like, why would you? I talked to one pastor, and he was like, I would never do that. That is just exhausting. And I'm like, you know what? It's the climb God gave me. And look where we are now. God's blessings are on it. We don't have to set up and tear down anymore. I don't even have a day woo anymore. Thing probably wouldn't be alive right now. I had to put replace the timing chain just to haul the trailer. But God got us through it. And the reason why I'm telling you that story is because when I share it, I have this little twinge of they won't understand it because it's not what it looks like. 
It looks horrible. It looks like I never do that week in and week out. That's just too much effort. But guess what? To me, it wasn't. To me, it was a beautiful view. Now when I look back, I see the trailer hooked to a car, and I'm like, God, don't despise the day of little things. God was in it. Look at how God helped us. And I can see from that first level looking out that God was in it. And now we've gone to the next peak and the next peak. And God's just keeping the climb going. Enjoy the climb. You're not where you used to be, but you're not going to stay where you are. Amen. God's got something for you. Let's worship the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus, for every moment of struggle. Thank you, Lord God, that we can turn it for good in your hands, Jesus. We surrender it. I've already prayed for some, but we surrender it to your hands because they're better holding it than we can. God, give us a new outlook, Jesus. Help us to stop complaining to the wrong sources because you don't like that, God. We want to we take it to you in prayer. God, help us, Jesus, to be the ones that come out and are separated and saved, Lord God. Give us the ability to not just be bitten, but to be restored, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the altar's open. If you want to pray, there's somebody here that wants to turn a, a bite from the enemy into a blessing from the Lord. There's somebody here right now that wants to take something. Maybe it's the struggle of raising kids by yourself. Maybe it's the difficulties of a job. Maybe it's the difficulties in your home. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the marriage that always seems to be gnashing at each other. Maybe you just need to give it to the Lord and say, I'm going to just close my mouth and let God do the work. I'm going to let him get the glory. My marriage is going to be resolved and healed and restored and I'm going to see great things. In Jesus' name, I pray for everybody here right now that you take a bite and turn it into a blessing, Jesus. That you'd restore them right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's